Hi, folks. Keith Jones here. You're fixing to listen to Front Row Knowles on the podcast. But before we get started, we want to thank the Champions Club and specifically Seminole Boosters for sponsoring our podcast that allows us to bring the podcast to you commercial-free. You know, we are one tribe. We are unconquered. In the last uh, few years, Florida State has built a tradition of excellence. But right now, all of us that are Seminoles are facing a challenge. We've got 20 sports programs, all the coaches, student athletes that are involved. We've got some budget cuts that we're trying to uh, work through due to the pandemic. And right now, we need you. In order to provide all of our teams and student athletes with the best possible opportunity for success, we need your help. We need you to join Seminole Boosters. We need you to renew your membership. We need you to increase your contribution. We need you to consider making a gift. We don't talk heavy-handed like this much, but this is the time to be a little heavy-handed. Help us out. Help Florida State out. Help Florida State boosters out. And most of all, we want to continue to thank the boosters and specifically the Champions Club for sponsoring us and bringing Front Row Knowles to you. Stay tuned and listen. Thanks. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. This is Front Row Knowles First Look. KJ, uh, let's catch up on this one again. 3822. The final North Carolina State prevails on Saturday night in Raleigh. Uh, we'll do what we always do. We'll talk offense, defense, special teams, break it all down. We'll hear from Coach Mike Norvell. First initial thought, though, on what you saw from the Knowles Saturday evening. A lot of young kids, and they played like a lot of young kids. Uh, you got to start from Chubba Purdy as a freshman. What, four offensive linemen between uh, freshman and redshirt freshman? Um, didn't get a running game going, uh, struggled some on defense, did get uh, Hamza back for at least limited snaps. That was good. But the uh, continuance of a rebuild, and um, candidly, there's just no other way to talk about it. It is what it is. It's a rebuild. I actually, because of the way they performed in the second half, and I know you could say maybe NC State was not as dialed in, I thought there were some good signs there. I thought it looked like the game slowed down a little bit for Chuba. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but certainly they were able to go more vertical and uh, get a little bit more offensively. We'd been a month without scoring in the second half, and they got three touchdowns, so I'll take that. Defensively, the, the biggest issue in the game was the slot receivers, and you know Mike Norvell talked about just not having the right leverage at certain times. I mean, when they're bringing pressure and you're still 10 and 12 yards off the, the receiver, I mean, that's that's just inexcusable, but it's probably youth and the fact that they haven't had everybody out there they've wanted. You know, the ability to defend the slot is becoming a, a very important part of everyone's defense. And uh, we continue to see Florida State, as you mentioned, off of the slot receivers. When you crowd them, when you push them, when you uh, play bump and run, you, you do give up potentially the big play. But uh, Florida State certainly has not played that aspect of the game well, and it certainly is an area that needs improvement. There, Thomas had nine catches at halftime. He alone almost had as much total offense as Florida State did at the half. I think he wound up with 11 catches in the game. Uh, we'll, we'll break down the, the entire um, – you know, the entire showing by Florida State. 
freshman's the story. I mean, when you're alternating between two true freshman quarterback quarterbacks, and it's not like you're putting freshman quarterbacks onto the field with a bunch of veterans around them. I mean, you're putting freshmen out there that don't have a lot of great parts and pieces around them, at least not a gr- lot of great experienced parts and pieces around them. Well, and you're putting freshmen out there that haven't been with you since the prior January, did not go through winter workouts, did not go through spring, had limited capabilities and opportunities during summer. And in Chubba's case, got hurt in the first scrimmage, so missed six weeks. So, yeah, all those are, are excuses slash reasons. We've, we've learned to talk about that. But the reality is the reality, and that's what you're ended up with. If, if uh, Jordan Travis plays in this game, I'm not saying Florida State wins, but it would be a different ball game. And uh, with everything that went on during the week with two key performers, actually three, uh, not being available and Marvin Wilson and, and Terry and, uh, and uh, the offensive lineman, you know, it, 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 it puts you behind the eight ball big time going into the ball game. And, and Carter Finley has not been a place that Florida State has played well for what, six years, eight years now? Longer than goodness that. knows, goodness <laughs> knows if it was a Thursday night, it would have been, you know, a horror show. Uh, at least it was Saturday. So all that said, it's part of the rebuild. And that's really the way you have to look at it. Let's listen to head coach Mike Norvell, who uh, meets with the media after uh, every football game. Obviously, he's not into moral victories, disappointed uh, with the outcome. Uh, but let's take a listen to his comments uh, following Saturday night's defeat, 38-22 to the Wolfpack. Around the fourth drive, um, you know, we wanted to get we wanted to get Tate in and end up rolling in, getting the, getting the two minute situation there before the half. Um, but uh, yeah, that was our plan throughout the course of the week. Uh, you know, both both those guys are preparing. Both those guys have, are doing good things. I think Chuba, uh, you know. Uh, you know, you can see, you know, the confidence that he has continuing to grow uh, with each rep, you know, just the, the way that he uh, is communicating, the way that, uh, you know, he's, he's working to manage the offense. There's still some things that uh, that happen that, you know, he would like to have back and some and some reads and just uh, your overall um, you know, execution, but, um, you know, he's, he, he's grow he's going to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, really both those guys, uh, you know, very excited about their future, excited about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the skill sets that they have. And, um, you know, but I thought Chubba did, did some nice things, uh, you know, especially there late, um, you know, in, in really all aspects to, to spark a couple of big plays for us. How beneficial was it for Purdy to get it with a clean slate coming there as a starter? And also for you guys, how far does that go with evaluating where he is, kind of what he's working towards early here in his career? Yeah, you know, I think with every opportunity that he gets, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's critical for his development. Um, you know, being a true freshman, uh, you know, kind of already having to overcome some of the things that he's that he's had to overcome. Um, you know, with with injury and uh, you know, kind of limited limited practice reps. I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm very very excited about who he is and and what his future is. And uh, you know, I think. Um, you know, you see that the demeanor that he carries, you know, uh, to, uh, you know, I know I mentioned that I think last week, but I mean, the demeanor that he has is incredible. I mean, just, you know, you know throughout the course of the game, uh, you have real conversation, you know, doesn't get, doesn't seem to get rattled uh, or, or, you know, too high or too low in any moment, but, uh, you know, I really like what I'm seeing from him and, uh, 
you know, obviously we got to, we got to continue to work. We've got to continue to improve. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he definitely brings the right mindset and approach into, in all aspects of that. And, and you're really the same with Tate and, and, and his preparation as well. So, uh, you know, there's, I think we got a couple of, of young guys that are, that, uh, you know, have great futures in front of them and uh, you're excited about seeing them develop. You talked about Chuba and his his confidence. It seemed like there was a moment somewhere in the second half where that kind of clicked for him, and it translated to, I would say, it was a better recognition, better what have you, that led to better results. I guess, did you kind of get the same impression where there was just a, a moment of something clicking that from kind of the extended playing time? And how much is that something that's contagious to everyone else on the offense? Well, you know, I mean, I think when when you see that confidence coming from the quarterback position and you know, and then the, the, the execution of it. I mean, there's that, that's something that's critical, but you know, he was able to make a couple of, of, you know, great reads. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I mean, there's one time he, he threw the ball out with a, with a hot throw and a five in a, in a five man protection. Um, you know, there's time that he stepped up in the pocket, you know, when, and uh, you know, was able to deliver the ball down the field. And then there were some times that he had to extend plays with his legs and you just see the, the confidence that's, that's emerging with, with you know, each snap that, that he gets, uh, you know, I think it definitely gives a boost to those guys that are around him. And, you know, this football team, you know, we're, we're we're working extremely hard and uh, i'll tell you that the the results that 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 showed up we didn't you know, we, we come to the stadium to win the game. We prepare for the week to win the game. Uh, we didn't get that done. There's there's a, a, a lot of reasons why that uh, you know, why that happened. Uh, you know, you got to give credit to, to NC State, but there's a lot of things that are still showing up that's that's costing us throughout the course of, of, of a football game. And you know, we've got to continue to grow. We've got to continue to develop. I mean, we're playing a, a lot of young guys that are that are learning these experiences. You know, you know firsthand. Uh, you know, and it's it's a challenge. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I mean, I just told the the team this uh, we got a lot of a lot of older guys that are are really improving at a at a, uh, at a very high level and uh, you know I'm, I'm proud of uh, you know just the, the leadership and the commitment that they're making to to, to believe in that process and uh, you know it was great to see uh, uh, Hamsa out there tonight I mean you know we uh, we had him on a limited play count uh, but he was able to start the game uh, I think he made the first tackle of the game and there's some still some things that uh, um, you know with him as he's coming along I mean but that's it was it was a, a great joy to see him run out of that field and uh, you know the, knowing the work that he's put in to be able to to get back to this to, to this uh, uh, you know, moment and opportunity I mean the the investment that he has in this team and this program uh, you know being able to see guys like you know Marvin Wilson uh, you know Janaris Robinson you know Leonard Warner guys that have been, uh, you know Emmett Rice that have been in the program for a long time uh, you know Babyon Johnson I mean there's those guys are they're, they're committed to the growth they're committed to uh, to being the best uh, uh, you know the, the best leaders and to, you know, to be able to share experiences with some of the, with the young guys that we have uh, but uh, you know we're all pushing together and that's something that's important and we've got to continue to do Mike Norvell's comments as he met the media after the the loss to uh, NC State uh, we'll we'll come back and you know I, I I'll say this Keith and then we we'll, let's do offense first on this one given that it was a freshman quarterback I know this this goes in the the moral victory category but considering the team is so young and this is a week when you lost Marvin Wilson to and Terry Devonte Love Taylor James Blackman and got news that Jordan Travis couldn't play I mean you could have completely imploded honestly and and that's not what happened so I I'll take that for the fight that I saw from from the young guys that they had out there there is no doubting the the effort of this ball club and there still may be a handful of kids that haven't balled in 
that Coach Norvell in his postgame comments talked about, and, and this is a fair statement and a true statement, the buy-in by some of the upperclassmen that have remained, and obviously the buy-in by the young kids, you know, you can work with effort. You may not win a lot of ball games, but you can work with effort and you can strive to get better and you can show recruits that they'll have the opportunity to play and that you're developing a culture that will make them better if they choose to come and play with you. If there had not been effort, then this would not be a very fun show at all for us right now. There's no question. Florida State falls to NC State. We'll come back talk about the offense, the freshman quarterbacks, both of whom played, and uh, what we thought of that effort against NC State. Stay with us. This is Front Row Knowles' First Look. Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles' First Look, Tom and Keith with you. So Florida State had held out hope that maybe they'd get Jordan Travis this week, but as the week went on, uh, it became apparent, and certainly by Friday they knew that they were not going to have him because he did not make the trip to Raleigh. So uh, it was late in the work week that they knew for sure it would be Chuba. Um, Mike Norvell said after the game that it was by design that they gave Tate a couple of series. Uh, I commented to him, Keith, that uh, I, I knew that he wanted to see both freshmen play, but I think sometimes when you play a freshman and then you pull him out and you let him watch a couple series – maybe things start to slow down and make a little more sense. Maybe that wasn't the reason, but, but Chubba was definitely more relaxed and, uh, and performed better in the second half. Uh, and I would agree. And we had talked about that maybe you want to do that with Travis, even though he's not a freshman, he's still a youngster. And the whole concept of putting the, the second team quarterback in for a series or two in order to settle down your starter is a methodology that I think merits uh, attention. Chubba finishes the game uh, 15 of 23 for 181, had two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, was sacked twice, rushed for over 50 yards in the times that he carried the ball. I agree with you. I think the second half, much more productive. Coach Norvell talked about the fact that he saw some things, whether they were pre-snap things or post-snap things. It slowed down. He began to uh, comprehend a little better what he was doing, uh, whether it was a direct result of putting Tate in or not. I don't know. Only time will tell. But I, I was impressed with his ability to continue to work and get better during the ball game, even without you know the running game because of the offensive line that we've struggled with. But without that running game that, that a freshman quarterback likes to rely on. Let's talk a little bit about the running game. It's, it's very apparent how much Jordan Travis has helped the offensive line. And this is not to knock Alex Atkins at all. I think he's done a great job. But the offensive line still has its, its issues, especially when you're starting two freshmen, two redshirt freshmen, and then one senior. But it's apparent, even when you look at tonight, Keith, if if they're just if if it's a straight handoff, it's three yards at best. Now Corbin got seventy seven yards, but that's because most of those were run out of the Wildcat, where they've got an unbalanced line, and extra tight ends, anything they can do to get an extra helmet on a defender. And I give Corbin credit because he may not be explosive, but he does get the tough yard. No question. And and trying to find a way and play that hot hand is as much. Uh, art as it is science 
the FSU running attack ended up averaging a little over four yards of carry uh, as a group. But uh, you're right. They didn't get the consistency that we had seen previously. Now, uh, Coach Norvell did talk about there had been some illness on the team. Some kids had not gotten some uh, practice time. And, and, you know, we get frustrated because we didn't know that. So nobody told us that. Or Coach Norvell didn't talk about that until after the ball game. But, but that's the reality of the world we live in right now. You know, coaches are not going to volunteer information about who is available, who's not available, who had practice time, who didn't have practice time. That's just the world we live in. Uh, and again, as you mentioned, with that very, well, even more so young offensive line, you know, expectations have got to be adjusted accordingly. Yeah, he mentioned that Lawrence Toafili was not available, so I guess he didn't make the trip. And that LaDamian Webb really missed a lot of time this week, too, which is why his carries were down. He did have three or four catches, I think. But it was basically Corbin or bust. And, oh, by the way, they only had five scholarship receivers available. I mean, Terry's not on the team. Remember, wasn't that long ago, DJ Matthews, uh, you know, he left the football team. A couple guys left off after last year. They don't, they don't have a deep receiver room to begin with. And I don't know the reason, but a couple of guys weren't there tonight as well, including Jordan Young. And so you only had five receivers. I mean, you're basically – this is – hey, if, if, if you're in uniform, you're going to be out there on the field. <laughs> 84 of the 117, I think, if I read some story, 84 of the 117 are freshmen and sophomores. Florida State has the second youngest team in the country – maybe Oregon or Oregon state or somebody is the youngest. That's where we're at. That's part of the rebuild. And you know, the negative things that go with youth are a part of it. I didn't get a chance to ask Norvell afterwards about the play of the freshman. I know they started Thomas Schrader at one guard spot, but then by the second half, they'd gone back to Dante Lucas. I think we might've saw, I don't know if Lloyd Willis got in there at all when Darius Washington went down or if it was just Brady Scott, but uh, here's the point I'll make about that, Keith, and it's a young offensive line, but there were two series that were blown up by your more veteran offensive line, um, lineman. One of them early in the game, Babyon Johnson, the first time they go to the Wildcat look, false start, and it puts them five yards further behind the chain, and you say it's only five yards. Well, they end up punting. Then in the yep. second half, Chubba scrambles for a first down, and Dante Lucas gets called for a face mask on the guy that he's blocking, and it wipes that out, and that's two series. Now, who knows if they – get another first down and end up scoring, but it's two series. They punt because of mistakes by veterans. And I know Lucas is not a senior like baby on, but he's veteran compared to the other guys around him. Bottom line is your margin for error is very, very small. And if your upperclassmen, whatever you define that as are the ones that are making those mistakes, then, then that's going to just absolutely handicap you. And, and for whatever reason, particularly on the offensive line with the upperclassmen, once, twice, three times a ball game, they have uh, come up short. And that's very, very disappointing. Let's talk about Mike Norvell's aggressive tendencies on fourth down, Keith. And I'm still curious. I don't know if when, whenever he gets this thing humming the way he wants it to hum, I don't know that he's going for it at his own 30. But when you're in a two and five situation, I, I think part of the thought process is 
I need my offensive line out there for more than three plays. I, I need them to actually gel and let's get six or eight or 10 plays in a row. And I, I mean, you can, in other words, he, he's trying to win the war, not the specific battle because the battle's not really mattering whether, you know, if you're four and seven or three and eight at the end of the year, what's the difference? Do you agree with that at all? I do. I get frustrated because I'm accustomed. I think all Florida state fans are accustomed that we should be good enough that when the ball's on our own 30 or 31 and it's fourth down, we should be able to punt and trust our defense to hold and flip that field. But that's not where we're at right now. FSU was just what? Uh, on third down conversions, they were three of 14. On fourth down conversions, they were five of seven. There are There have been seasons when Florida State has not gone for it on fourth down seven times in an entire season, much less a single ball game. And, the, and, and I understand the frustration of, of fans that are going to say we shouldn't do that. I get that. But, again, we're in the middle of a rebuild. We're in the beginning of a rebuild. And, you know, yeah, hindsight, we can, we can fault Coach Norvell for it, but you've got to understand what he's attempting to, as you pointed out, what he's attempting to accomplish. Well, there's no question. So the, it, ironically, they went five for seven on fourth down and they missed the first one and the last one. The last one was a fourth and 10 when the game was decided and it was a three yard pass. Uh, the first one, I actually thought Corbin, I thought it was a bad spot. They reviewed it, but there weren't good enough camera angles to do anything with it. Right. Um, but yes, you could make the point. It was seven zip. You turn it over on downs, and now NC State goes 30 yards and it's 14-zip and the game's over. I think the reality is the team that's a better team right now was going to win the football game anyway, and that's NC State. Um, so I don't think in the in the game management scheme of things that miss really costs Florida State. But I think you're right. It's, it's it, part of it. He'd never say this, but if you feel like the defense is going to give up the yards, whether they're 60 or 80 or 40, then why not try to keep it on offense? He'd never yep. say that, but that's part of it. But then the and other appropriately part, so. The other part goes back to what I said. Like the offense needs some rhythm. They need more snaps. They need to feel good about themselves. Let's eat another two minutes a clock if we can. And you know, for most of the night, they got the, they converted on those. You know, and Corbin's actually they pretty did. good in the Wildcat. But it's definitely they unconventional. <laughs> and 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 again, the purists, the the Florida State faithful that have been around for a while would say. We should be good enough that we don't have to do those things. But guess what, gang? We're not. We're in a rebuild. So Coach Norvell is doing the unconventional until he can be strictly conventional. And, and the bigger picture, and Tommy, you and I have talked about this. Do, do we believe in this staff? Yes, we do. Do we think this staff can recruit? Yes, we do. Do we think this staff can develop players? Yes, we do. Do we think they inherited a team that had a culture problem and a work ethic problem and had some bad apples that needed to be gotten rid of? Yes, we do. Are they through with that process? Probably not just yet. <laughs> and it's going to be ugly while we do it. That about sums things up, Mr. Jones. Um yeah, I will be curious when, whenever we, we get to, to more of what Coach Norvell's used to offensively. 
Uh, obviously he's going to be aggressive and I'm sure at midfield he's going for it. I don't know how often he'll be still going for it at fourth and one in his own 30, but maybe I'm not a fourth down math expert, but those who are uh, might make the case that that percentage wise is the play. We just haven't gotten there yet because it's still unconventional. Even if the math folks would tell you really, you should do it more. All All right. right. That's a, that's a deeper discussion for another day. Let's, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about the defense on front row Knowles first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles' first look. Florida State falls 38-22 to to North Carolina State. You know, when you look at the final numbers in this game, Keith, I'm not going to suggest they're great. Uh, FSU gave up 420 yards or so. But if you actually look at the yards per play and most of it, uh, it's it's pretty even FSU to NC State. One big advantage for the Wolfpack, though, was third down conversions. And that's been a problem they, for Florida State this year, last year, last several years. Exactly. Uh, they were off the charts, 10 of 15 on third down. I mean, that that's going to win some ball games for you. Uh, the total yardage, as you talked about, was 413. FSU gave up, um, what, uh, 5.7 yards of play. They gained 5.6 yards of play. Uh, certainly you wouldn't point at the defense and say that they were mediocre. Uh, they were not good or certainly not great against NC State. But there's been improvement. And remember, you're playing with a bunch of younger kids, and there's going to be times when they don't fit uh, a seam or a gap the way they're supposed to. Uh, I was very pleased to see Hamza come back, as you and I have talked about on our Wednesday show. Uh, if Hamza called me up and said, hey, Mr. Jones, do you think I ought to come back or not? I told him no, but he chose to. Uh, he's getting some you know, things on tape. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I think previously he was very uh, uh, key on the first drive. Uh, they had him on a limited play count, but – you're playing a bunch of young kids and young kids are going to make mistakes. They're going to make some great plays and they're going to bust some things, but there were less bust in this game than there were in prior games. And to me, that's encouraging. Yeah, I'd agree with that. However, we're going to get picky here because while there were less busts overall, they weren't fundamentally sound in, in two areas. One, and I, I want you to assess how they were defending the slot or receivers in general. And I'm talking about, and we, we saw this early in the season when you've got a 12 yard cushion on third and 10 and your first step is backwards or the slot is just wide open. I mean, those slants that Hawkman was hitting, uh, I mean, I could about make those throws. They were that open. So is that guys just not being dialed in enough, not knowing down and distance or, or something that was schemed up by NC State? What did you see? To me, and, and again, I've not had the one-on-one conversation with the defensive staff. But to me, when you're having your kids lay that far off of the slot, you're worried about them getting beat. You're willing to give up the shorter routes and unfortunately in many cases the first down and not have that slot get behind somebody and that probably probably is a direct result into the confidence you have in your safeties because if you've got confidence in your safeties you'll have that nickel corner walk up and play a little tighter and risk 
that slot receiver getting behind him because you've got help over the top. And right now, Florida State has not had terrific play out of their safeties. And so, you know, it's a, it's a six of one, half a dozen the other. I would do it differently, and I would challenge the offense to beat me. But uh, I haven't had uh, – I've not been called upon to coach this defense and taken the ridicule if that doesn't work well. So it's very easy for me to be critical. Well, but your thought process or, or your thoughts on what the thought process might be could be dead on because the safeties, uh, the safety play has not been great and they've missed a lot of safeties in, in this year. I mean, you know, they've right. half the depth chart has been hurt or off the team all season. I mean, they've had like two out of the original six any week. Now you had Hamza back, but you didn't have the Hamza of the last two years back. We, it was good to see him play. Uh, and I'm not, you know, there's that mental hurdle that you have to clear when you're coming back from an injury like that you know you have to get knocked down and feel your knee and go you know what it feels all right I can stand up again to kind of get past that so uh, you know hopefully Hamza can return a little bit more to what he was but you might be right on on the way that they were you know or or what that thought process is the other thing I was going to say in terms of fundamentals there was too many missed tackles and I don't mean I don't even mean like they were wrapped up and didn't tackle them. I mean, they, they didn't break down correctly and a guy just left them in the dirt and they were tackling air. Tommy, there's an overall, and this is not just a Florida state issue. If you watch other games during a Saturday, there's just a a complete, uh, I don't even know the word, but teams don't tackle anymore. They are so cautious uh, and, and concerned about injury that they thud. And, and let, me, let me tell you two things about thudding. Number one, you get into bad habits. You know, you can go up and strike somebody, but, but you, get, you get out of position. You don't form tackle. You're, you're, just, you're just hitting somebody. And second of all, the ability to wrap up and bring somebody to the ground you know, for whatever reason, coaches just don't do that. And, you know, back in the day, and I know our listeners get so tired of me talking about what happened 40 years ago, but we'd have two or three or four periods every day we were in full pads where it was tackling. It wasn't, it wasn't 11 on 11 tackling. It wasn't seven on seven tackling. It was a running back and a defensive back in either open field tackle or angle tackling. And you brought them to the ground, or they ran over you, or either or or both, and and you cannot tackle if you don't practice tackling. It's just that simple, and I I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. I shouldn't say this, but I will, Keith. Um, opponents seem to tackle Florida State receivers okay because I'm not sure the last time that a receiver has had a yard after a catch for FSU. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Florida State receivers are catching the ball without being tackled during practice. So you see it as both ways. Good point. Exactly. Back to the defense. Uh, Marvin Wilson was on the sidelines. Obviously, he's no longer playing, but Corey Durden wasn't available. So, I mean, that's two guys that I think were your starting D tackles at the start of the year, and now they're both out. Right. So, I mean, it just, it just never ends this year. You know, we could make the argument that, you know, kids don't or aren't 
ask to play through hurts. Obviously, you never ask a kid to play who's injured, but there is the argument to be made that they don't play through hurts. But certainly, Florida State has been snake bit defensively on the number of kids that have come up with at least something that was of enough significance to hold them out. You know, we'll we'll reserve judgment on whether they should or should not have been held out. That's a that's a discussion for another day. But there's been no absolutely no luck. Florida State has had defensively with kids fighting those injuries or those hurts. Corey Durden tweeted that he was in quarantine tonight during the game. So well, that's a whole that that's a whole nother thing. I didn't even mention that, but you know that's a whole nother reason that you're not available that we've never dealt with before. Right, right. So I'm just making the case that if that's an accurate tweet that he's in quarantine, that it's not as if he self-selected out um uh, agreed and, and understood and and very good point uh they, they haven't I, I have trouble keeping track but the, you know they had a keem dent back tonight but uh meanwhile miko dotson at corner was not available i mean they just uh, you know they've got 15 dbs on scholarship and i swear every week it's been eight to ten available tops and it's not like they have season-ending injuries that we're aware of they just can't get the full group out there and again, you could play devil's advocate and say, oh, these kids are soft and they're not playing through this. And I would, I will admit that I'm one of the ones that gravitates that way occasionally. But by the same token, you and I both know Jake and we know that training staff and we know that they only tend to individuals when they have things of significance. Uh, so we, we have to assume that Florida State just has not had any luck as a as it relates to that this year. I thought again, this is we said this about the team overall and the offense. The defense did fight into the second half. I mean, you know, on one play it looked like they got a forced to fumble and recovered it. It's overturned, and the very next play they get a crazy interception from Brownlee in in the end zone. So, I mean, at least that was good to see. And then they proceeded. That's a they went on an eighty yard scoring drive. Who would have thunk it? Why can't we have more of those? Everybody's going to just, you know, raise their hand and ask. Um, Good teams find a way to take advantage of opportunities. Great teams capitalize on those opportunities. And and we're just not there yet. Yeah, and and one thing, uh, well, we can save it for the next segment, but there was a costly turnover in that game, too, at a time when the defense actually had gotten a stop. And for right. the punt, and then you give the ball right back, and NC State scores again. Anything else on the defensive side of the ball, Keith? Again, I just want to reinforce that I think all of us need to take uh, special attention and pay attention to the effort. Yeah, we can fault laying off of the slots. We can fault the fact that the defensive line, you know, doesn't have a lot of sacks. Uh, but I continue to be impressed with the effort. And we've got to remember it's a bunch of young kids that, um, you know, are, are given that effort. And there's going to be the negatives that are associated with youth as a part of it. We'll take a break, come back with some final thoughts. Stay with us here on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. First look, just to finish that thought, Keith, uh, Travis Jay, it was good to see that he was back and was healthy. 
and I thought he did a nice job on kick returns, and I credit him for actually going after that punt that he he muffed. Uh, unfortunately, that was, you know, I, I, Florida State was probably not going to come back, but they had some momentum. The defense had gotten a stop, and it would have been nice hold on to that, get some positive yardage on the on the return, and then see what happens. Instead, you, you turn it right over, and NC State goes in and scores. That's one of the dangers of, of being back there, and that's why the individuals that you entrust, particularly on punt returns, but also kickoff returns, you've got to have confidence in. And we got to remember that, you know, Jay's, Jay's a youngster. He's got great talent. He's got a great future, but he's a youngster. And he's also missed probably three, three weeks of practice at least, maybe four during regu- the regular season. So he's not, yep. been, not been fielding punts as frequently as he would have been if he stayed healthy. All right, Keith, why don't you hit us with our uh, Prime Meridian Bank play of the game? Well, we're going to go with the obvious Ontario Wilson with that 69 yard reception. Uh, Purdy with his longest completion. I think, I think that's the longest completion of his career. Uh, but Florida State showed a little bit of that explosive play that uh, Coach Dillingham has talked about. And that's our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. Remember, Prime Meridian Bank, two locations in Tallahassee on Capitol Circle and Timberlane, locations in Lakeland and Crawfordville as well, business checking, personal checking, home equity lines, mortgages, et cetera, Prime Meridian Bank. Try them at trymybank.com. And uh, remember, they're, they're good folks. Go by and pick up a cookie or a coffee and uh, tell them that uh, Front Row Knowles sent you by. Well done, Mr. Jones. All right, so let's, let's move it forward. Is there anything else about the NC State game or are we going to start talking about Clemson? Well, we, we, we need to remember that when we start talking about Clemson, um, the, the term optics are both important and unimportant. In, in other words, that's a game that you don't expect to win. You just want to stay close. And um, that's a credit to Clemson. Let's recall that there was a time when Florida State was blink, beating the Clemsons of the world what was it, 59 to nothing one time in Dope Campbell Stadium? Uh, something along that lines. Um, but it's, it's more of a game where you worry about the name on your jersey and not who you're playing. Uh, you're going to play a bunch of kids. They're going to make some mistakes. If Clemson does what they're supposed to do, they're supposed to take advantage of them. But you've got an opportunity to measure yourself against what is considered one of the best teams in the country if not the best, and therefore you're going to get 70, 75, 80 snaps against what is considered the best in the country, how are you going to measure up? And how many of those snaps are you going to win? Not about the scoreboard, but about performance on each individual play. And, you know, that's about what you can say about it. Period. The end. 12 noon kick this week for that game. To me, it's uh, you just said it. it. It's not about the other guys. It's about you. Well, Mike Norvell's been preaching that all year. We've been saying that for three and four years, Keith, because there's still so many self-inflicted things that, uh, you know, yeah, you. we, we can talk about, uh, you know, the talent on the other team, but you got to get over some of the fundamental mistakes you continue to make. Now, to be fair, these are new guys, different guys, younger guys, and and part of it's growing and it's just part of the process, but uh, they, they continue to point at themselves and they've got to get better there. So I don't know if we're going to have Jordan Travis or not, uh, but if Travis is available, how do you handle the quarterbacks? 
I play Travis. I get Purdy in a series, maybe two, but I go with, with Travis. He's our starter. And um, to the degree that he's available, you play him. Um, that, to me, is not a quarterback controversy. And if, those, if there are those who think that it might be, uh, then I would just simply tell you we're too far into the season for that to be the case. Now, if he can't go, you start Chubba. You, you, as they did against NC State, you put together a package that you think he can run well, and you, uh, you rep those plays and you get ready. But if, um, if Jordan Travis is available, he starts. Yeah, and see, I wouldn't be opposed to, to giving Purdy some series just to, to limit the hits that, that Travis takes because that's been an issue and to get Purdy some more volume and some you know more reps as it goes on. You don't think there's any way it defaults to Purdy and you see Jordan go back to the role we saw early in the year where they were using him out of the slot or as a running back and, you know, the Miami game, I guess, when they were trying all that. I, I really don't. Uh, if for no other reason that he's been, you know, there's, there's a reason he didn't play against NC State. And though Florida State has not talked about it, I think we all are in agreement that it's concussion related. So, therefore, he, he's either good to go or he's not good to go. If he's good to go, you play him. After Clemson, of course, Florida State with two more games. Uh, FSU almost, uh, almost was looking at having to adjust its schedule, not through any COVID issues of its own, but I think it was probably tied to, you know, Miami came very close to not playing its game Saturday. They had so many guys that had tested positive. <clears throat> And there was almost a trickle-down effect that was going to force FSU to move some games. But it was not the Clemson game. So there was, there was no chance that one was going away. It was the next week's game that, that had a shot to maybe move. Um, anyway, what else for, for this week, Keith, as, as, we, as we move this forward? Well, I think we have to consent, continue to remember, uh, though we are disappointed, and though uh, one of the things that was talked about or at least flashed uh, by the national media is that you know, third consecutive losing season for Florida State. That hasn't happened since 73, 4, and 5, or 4, 5, and 6. Uh, we got to remember it's been 40 years since we've done that, and we're all spoiled, and we're all impatient, and we're all wanting more, but it's going to take a while. And as a result – um, you know, we just got to dial it back a little bit. I know people are not happy. Uh, I'm not happy. You're not happy. Nobody's happy. Players aren't happy. Coaches aren't happy. But it is what it is. And you can do one of two things when you face adversity. You can give into it or you can fight through it. And now's the time to be fighting through it. Well, that statement you just made is what this team hasn't done for four years. They have not fa- – they have not – fought through adversity. So if we're seeing them start to fight through it, that is the turning of a culture. I would agree. Absolutely agree. Very good point. Because that is, that is absolutely, I mean, they have shriveled up. We've talked about it time and again, and I didn't think they did that on Saturday. Now, NC State State is not Clemson, but uh, you know, they, 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 they fought, they, they did fight in this game. Um. And from the Misery Loves Company department, Keith, Penn State and Michigan, you know, they can come out and hang with us too. I mean, <laughs> we, we can count well, up old trophies and conference wins and everything. Penn State is 0-4? Yes. Wow. 
Yes. Welcome to 2020. Well, and Jim Harbaugh's getting paid what seven, eight, ten million a year plus unlimited supply of khakis, and he's not getting it done in Michigan. So, welcome to 2020. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, let's let's give a little love to Parker Grothaus. He's he's looked dead solid with his kicks the last two weeks. So maybe that's an area that's uh, gotten nailed down a little bit more. And and I still like our punter, and I still like his accent. I wish he'd give more interviews. <laughs> We had him on the uh, radio network on the uh, pregame show on Saturday. Uh, and it was an extended interview just because I liked listening to his accent there. And there you go. Uh, the story on him, by the way, and fans may know this, but uh, you know, they, you don't grow up playing American football in Australia, but they do have an American football Academy. And if you're interested in getting a scholarship to play American football, you go there and you spend a year or two there and they teach you the game and then you get recruited, and you end up living in Tallahassee and getting a college and they degree. Got, there's like six or eight of those kids that are in, in in the United States now, correct? Yes, probably more than that. In the case of Alex for Florida State, he's got a good friend who uh, who arrived here before he did and punts for Illinois. And so that's what piqued his interest, he said. And uh, and here he is. So There you go. It's it's worked for him. But, no, I did – you know, uh, when, when we were flip-flopping kickers earlier in the season – I know it's just two kicks, but they were both long kicks and they looked like they were struck with confidence and they were pretty much dead center. And so uh, maybe, maybe we've crossed that bridge for now. Uh, As long as they're good, we don't care. We'd rather be seven, not three. Correct. We did score in the second half though. So we've, we've shaken that one, Keith, that one is, we can rip that one up. Understood. And we'll take our victories where we can. All right. We do this uh, each and every uh, Sunday. It airs and uh, Monday evenings as well. We record it immediately after the game. Then our regular show is Wednesday at six. And that's when we will be back to come your way. Until then, he's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks so much for tuning in to Front Row Knowles First Look.